Alright, welcome back to Healthspan, this is Michael. On this episode, I will be discussing Ben Greenfield's Boundless book. Now, this book is 630 pages long, so I'll actually only be discussing his longevity decoded chapter, or else it would take me way too long to get through. So I actually got to meet Ben Greenfield in LA back in January before Corona hit, when he was doing his Boundless book tour. So I have this book signed by Ben Greenfield, and you can see the picture of us that we took together on my Instagram, which I'll leave in the episode description. So he begins this longevity decoded chapter by stating that when we observe nature, some amount of immortality, or at least a significantly longer lifespan, appears to be achievable. So he goes through various animals and shows how their genes and the way that they function allow them to live longer. So we we begin with the naked mole rat. So the naked mole rat's cells, they seem to make proteins way more accurately than we do as humans and this prevents them from developing certain age-related illnesses like cancer and alzheimer's and these naked mole rats they're also able to handle glucose a lot better as they age and this reduces their susceptibility to diseases like diabetes so as we age as humans age our insulin sensitivity decreases in other words we don't respond to insulin as well as we used to when we were in our 20s and 30s And this, again, can lead to hyperglycemia, which can cause a lot of downstream problems as we age. And another cool thing that the naked mole rat can do is it possesses genes that allow it to process oxygen more effectively than other rodent species. So this potentially uh, allows it to live to like a 20 to 30 year lifespan, which is a lot longer than other rodents. Now, the second animal we talk about is the lobster. So the lobsters seem to have evolved a protein that repairs the telomere tips on their chromosomes, which allows for a decreased rate of telomere shortening that most animals are incapable of achieving. So in other words, one of the hallmarks of aging is the shortening of the telomeres, which are the end caps of our DNA that helped protect it. And as we age, the telomeres, they tend to get shorter and shorter and shorter, and this allows our DNA to be more susceptible to certain... uh, let's say oxidative stress or some, some other some other DNA damage. And these lobsters, they tend to have proteins that help repair these telomeres um, and allows for decreased rate of telomere shortening. And this protects their DNA. Now, another animal he talks about is this one specifically called Adwaita, which is a giant tortoise from India who ended up dying in 2006 but they did a carbon dating of this tur- this tortoise's shell, and he actually lived to 250 years old. So that's some impressive impressive years by this the, this tortoise. And the last species he talks about is a jellyfish. So this specific jellyfish is the Turritoposis dorini, which is also known as the immortal jellyfish. So as this jellyfish ages, instead of dying, what it actually does is it regenerates back into a baby jellyfish in this rare process, biological process called transdifferentiation, in which old cells somehow transform into younger cells. So the stem cells that allow for this continuous self-renewal express uh, express high levels of FOXO gene, which is the gene that may play a part in human longevity. So in other words, this jellyfish, instead of dying, it, it just goes back, it goes to the basement uh, to like the ocean floor and then it'll fold on itself and then just regenerate uh, via this stem cell process um, and it just it's just known as this immortal jellyfish
So those are some examples of animals that have kind of hacked uh, their genes to help them live longer. And in this chapter, we're I'm going to be explaining how to live a happy, long, and fulfilled life with uh, one foot planted in the realm of ancestral living and another foot planted in the realm of modern science and biohacking. So as we age, it affects almost every single organ system and every single system. So I won't go through all of them, but I'll kind of explain how aging in itself can affect all these systems. So we're going to begin with the bone and skeletal system. So bone density starts to diminish at least in men around age 35. And also we take some other hits like the foot arches become less pronounced, which contributes to a reduced height. The, the vertebrae discs that separate, uh, you know, the discs that separate your vertebrae lose fluid and uh, you, you become stiff. Uh, we, we begin to lose minerals and the long, the long bones of our arms and legs become brittle. Joints become stiffer and less flexible. Uh, calcification occurs. And after 30, skeletal muscle mass declines by more than 20% in both men and women. So with gradual muscle loss, you know, which is known as like sarcopenia, our strength and flexibility decreases along with our coordination, our balance, and our height. So this all happens because of age. Now, as far as our digestive system, we tend to get more constipated as we age, more constipated frequently, more diverticulosis, more GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease, you know the tip this the stuff you see in in elderly uh which you don't really see in in the younger population this is because our for 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 a few reasons one the the pouches in our lining of our colon become weak which then allows them to pop out that's like diverticulosis it's the outpouching of our intestine and uh, usually our digestive enzyme production decreases as well so we can't absorb food as well um as far as our respiratory system, our maximum lung capacity and our O2 utilization decreases gradually. Uh, for our endocrine system, for example, we know that at 30 years old, HGH, human growth hormone, begins its regression in both men and women and declines at a rate of about 14% per decade. And we know, of course, in women, women around the age 50, 51, they transition into menopause where they essentially have a plummeting of their estrogen. Um, and men as well as we age, our testosterone decreases. So uh, he goes through every single system, but I don't want to talk about all the different systems. Uh, I'll talk about one more, which is the, the skin. So we know our skin stem cell production and stem cell availability decrease as we age. And this kind of slows the cell's epidermal process uh, down. So our skin's epidermal cells slow in their reproduction. We also lose fat and collagen in our skin, which causes it to sag and wrinkle. And also our, the blood vessels in our skin become more fragile. And we tend to bruise and, uh, and you see things like cherry angiomas and other things on the skin that you see in elderly. Um, but as far as these underlying causes, what exactly are these un- underlying causes that are causing this whole full body systemic damage he goes through a few culprits so he begins with one of the most important ones which is chronic inflammation so inflammation uh, is linked to almost every single uh, disease that is killing americans alzheimer's stroke uh, cancer diabetes heart disease 
somehow inflammation is playing a role here. This is chronic inflammation, by the way. Somehow this is playing a role in, in, in causing all these problems. So we know inflammation can be a part of why we're, why we're aging and causing a full body damage. Now, the second thing he mentions is glycation. So glycation occurs when sugars in the bloodstream attach to proteins and form these molecules called AGE, which stands for Advanced Glycation End Product. So in other words, glucose that's floating around in your body, it'll attach to different proteins and end up getting deposited in our, let's say, kidney, in our brain, in our, in our blood vessels, um, and can, le- can lead to a lot of problems. Now, another thing that may be causing this full body breakdown is the, the mitochondrial theory. And what, what growing number of cell biologists are proposing is that the number of functional mitochondria, uh, they tend to decrease as we age. And it's either through reactive, reactive oxygen species or, or something else that is causing our mitochondria to, we're not able to produce as much mitochondria as we used to or at least the output of energy is not as what as much as we used to. And this is due from, you know, poor lifestyle factors like bad air, uh, unclean water, artificial light, electrical pollution, inflammation, again, lack of exercise. All these things are contributing to this poor mitochondrial status. And we know if we don't have mitochondria, we can't live. And because, uh, you know, the, the, the saying mitochondria are the powerhouse of the cell. Now, some other things that may be causing this full body damage is fatty acid imbalances, immune dysfunction, telomere shortening, which I talked about already, and also DNA expression as well. So with those, with those pillars in mind, we go through the 12 essential habits to enhance longevity. Now, if you listen to my Blue Zones podcast, you already know what he's going to say, basically. And a lot of this stuff is obvious, so... First one, don't smoke, obvious. Second one, eat a lot of plants. Third, avoid food, uh, processed and packaged foods. Fourth is eat legumes. Fifth is incorporate low-level physical activity throughout the day. Sixth is prioritize social engagements. Uh, number seven is drink low to moderate amounts of alcohol, especially wine. Number eight is uh, restrict calories and fast. Number nine is possess a strong life purpose. Uh, remember back when I was talking about the blue zones, the plan de vida or ikiga, which are these people's purposes in these blue zones that they give them a reason to live, um, essentially. And number 10 is have low amounts of stress. 11, engage in a spiritual discipline or religion or believe in a higher power. And finally, remain reproductively useful. So those are the big 12 uh, pillars but if you listen to my blue zones podcast i go into depth into each of each one of these and they are fairly obvious um but what i really wanted to focus on in this podcast is certain advanced anti-aging biohacks or strategy or strategies strategies sorry that you can use in your own life uh, so that's what i really wanted to focus on and we begin with the most important thing which is long-term fasting. So again, if you listen to my Lifespan podcast uh, by David Sinclair, he kind of has this bold statement that I remember very vividly, and it goes something like this. Uh, The single most important thing you can do to help you live longer is restrict calories. So 
if you want to implement a way to live a healthier, better life, you can start by doing long-term fasting and caloric restriction. So I won't go through all the benefits of fasting and caloric restriction, but he does talk about two specific ones here. So he talks about this feast-famine cycling, and this was kind of uh, expanded on by a man named Dr. Dan Pampa, who discusses his 5-1-1 strategy. So what this 5-1-1 strategy is, it combines seasonal eating with cyclical ketosis. And for five days, essentially, you're eating low-carb ketogenic diets and calorically restricted. And for one, for the, so the, that's five days. One day out of the week, you're going to fast for 24 hours. And the last day, uh, you, you can have a feast day where you can eat pretty much uh, all your favorable foods, um, as many carbs uh, until you're full, of course. So that's the five-one-one strategy. Five days of calorically restricting and ketosis, one day of a 24-hour fast, and then pretty much a cheat day. You know, that's a, a term we use in bodybuilding, a cheat day where you can pretty much go out, go all, all out on your carbohydrates or any of your favorite snacks until you're full, of course. And the second, so that's the first um, thing he talks about is this feast famine cycling. Now, the second thing he talks about is the fasting mimicking diet. And again, I did a whole podcast on this, uh, Walter Longo's The Longevity Diet, uh, his FMD. I talked about that uh, in in my previous podcast. So you can go ahead and check out uh, that podcast to learn more about fasting mimicking diet. Now, Number two is the hormetic stress. So, again, I talked about uh, talked about this in lifespan, um, the process of hormesis, which again, for those of you who don't know, is essentially what doesn't kill you makes you live longer. So there's there are these type of stressors that range from fasting to cold to heat to uh, intense bouts of exercise, and um, all these horm- hormetic stresses, they essentially build up a resilience in your body and uh, are extremely beneficial to you. So if you do things like lift heavy stuff and don't stuff yourself with antibiotics, engage in hot, cold contrast, um, make sure you eat plants with high polyphenol content. These are all stuff you can do to activate hormesis. And he also talks about hyperbaric oxygen therapy. And the way this works is um, oxygen is this the molecule that bind is it binds to the protein hemoglobin in your red blood cells and this gets transferred to various tissues in your body so when you do this hyperbaric oxygen therapy you're promoting tissue repair you're forming new blood cells which is called angiogenesis uh, new blood vessels sorry and you're also improving wound healing and also controlling uh, the release of reactive oxygen species as well in damaged and infected tissues so he talks more about hyperbaric oxygen therapy now another thing he talks about is hydrogen rich water so hydrogen rich water is essentially purified water which is infused with molecular hydrogen and the way it works is that it's been have it's been shown to produce a profound improvement on your stem cell availability and decreases the rate at which your telomere shorten as well and also activates the same sirtuin pathway um, and it also uh, acts as an antioxidant enzyme. It increases the expression of NRF2, which is involved in uh, antioxidation. 
So those are all the benefits of uh, hydrogen-rich water. So this is kind of like bullet points. Um, he goes through every, pretty much everything, but these are just bullet points of uh, stuff you can implement in your life. And the next one to talk about is the cold thermogenesis. So we know cold exposure is extremely important for increasing your metabolism and also calorie burning, improving insulin sensitivity, and also reducing systemic inflammation. As, and also improve sleep and recovery and potentially help fight certain set, types of cancer. So uh, try to take your cold shower or at least do a hot cold contrast, which Ben Greenfield does. Now next is your hyperthermia. So this is the opposite end of the spectrum. So we, we want to expose ourselves to extreme heats. In other words, hop in a sauna. So why does a sauna provide such a powerful medical benefits? The research points to previous studies that suggest that the heart rate increase triggered by heat exposure may mimic the cardiovascular stress of exercise, and they also suggested that frequent sauna use could also improve lung capacity as well. So that's one aspect. Um, in other words, uh, when you expose yourself to this extreme heat, and you're get you're getting your core body temperature up, and you're increasing your heart rate, and you're getting pretty much the exact same cardiovascular benefits as let's say running on a treadmill um, and if you want to learn more about saunas I highly recommend you listening to Rhonda Patrick she's kind of the expert on uh, on saunas and another thing saunas are important for is activating HSP, HSPs which are heat shock proteins and HSPs are essentially these chaperone molecules that help with the folding of proteins so um, a lot of times proteins they tend to get misfolded and when they do get misfolded they tend to aggregate together and a lot of times these can least this and this is essentially the the hallmark of alzheimer's is this um, accumulation of it's called amyloid amyloid beta as well as tau so what heat shock proteins do is prevent the misfolding of these proteins and helps them uh, you know have normal function instead of aggregating and causing aging as well as a a toxic you know a toxic exposure to our cells and sauna therapy can also increase oxygen consumption and red blood cell production following exercise and also improve stress resistance and also aid in the detoxification of chemicals and heavy metals so essentially you're you're sweating out like lead you're you're sweating out mercury all this stuff you accumulate from your food or just your environment so those are all the powers of the sauna now next we talked about we talk about uh, caloric restriction mimetics, and this is where we get heavy into the rapamycin and metformin. Um, so even though rapamycin isn't approved yet as a as a drug, I mean it is you it is approved for transplant patients um, to immunosuppress, but it's not it's not approved as this drug for longevity. Uh, but we know rapamycin inhibits mTOR. Um, so that this is important when it comes to uh, aging, and uh, the next one he talked about is metformin. So metformin works via AMP kinase, uh, which is a self-signaling pathway when we become in uh, the sort of how do how do you say when when our calories are restricted or we're in starvation mode, we get activation of AMP kinase, and a bunch of positive th- positive things happen in our body. 
Um, I know that's very broad, but uh, it would take me too long to get into the details of metformin and rapamycin. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and move on and talk about ketone esters. So ketones are, there's three different kinds of, kinds of ketones, uh, acetoacetate, beta-hydroxybutyrate, and also acetone. And we know the benefits of being in, ketos- in ketosis. Uh, ketosis uh, ha- has been studied for faster weight loss and also reduced hunger, enhanced uh, cognitive performance, blood glucose regulation, better mental focus, lower risk of disease, lower inflammation, uh, and the list goes on, uh, the importance of ketones. So you can actually take these uh, exogenous ketones, like not the ones you make in your own body, but you can actually ingest these ketone esters, and you essentially get the same life-extending properties of of caloric restriction and fasting by being in a state of ketosis. So ketosis, whether you are in it yourself or take it exogenously, qualifies as this caloric restriction mimetic and this is very vital for um, all, all people especially those who are diabetic or pre-diabetic so the drop in insulin and insulin like growth factor receptor signals that that happen when you're in ketosis um, this this is essentially what ketosis is doing you're decreasing insulin and decreasing insulin like growth factor both of which are are essentially the culprits of diabetes and also when you're in ketosis you're increasing transcription of genes that encode certain antioxidant enzymes like catalase glutathione and also um, superoxide dismutase Um, so those are the importance of taking ketone esters Uh, one more thing that's important is it's it's able to inhibit nf-kappa b so nf-kappa b is this transcription factor that helps increase cytokine production. So cytokines are these chemical messengers in in your body that help do different things. And there's some good, some bad. So one of the bad aspects of cytokines are ability to cause inflammation in your body. So ketone esters decrease NF-kappa-B, which is a transcription factor that helps make uh, cytokines. so that's another positive benefit of taking ketone esters. Now next, I talk about uh, sirtuin-activating compounds, or stacks. So sirtuins, I talk about extensively in Lifespan, David Sinclair's Lifespan book, because he's kind of like the sirtuin resveratrol guy. Um, but what we he talks about here is this compound called fisetin, which is a polyphenol that's found in many tannic drinks like tea, wine, pomegranate juice and also fruits and vegetables and fisetin is also this potent senolytic which means it plays a crucial role in reducing the development of senescent cells so i talk about senescent cells in david sinclair's book as well where essentially these cells are secreting molecules that are causing damage to other cells and uh, fisetin acts as a senolytic in other words it gets rid of these cells in our body so that's why it's beneficial to us. And reducing the development of senescent cells has been shown to lead to less inflammation, less molecular dysfunction, and also better stem cell function. Um, and speaking of stem cells, he goes into detail about stem cells and the stem cell theory of aging, which postulates that aging, the aging process is the result of the inability of our various types of stem cells to replenish body tissue 
So tending to your stem cells is likely one of the most effective steps you can do to enhance your longevity uh, because we know all all our cells come from stem cells. So if we can keep stem cells uh, proliferation as we age, uh, this will help keep all our cells young and functional. Um, I'll go ahead and go through one more point and then call it. Uh, So I'm going to go ahead and talk about colostrum, which Ben Greenfield is a big fan of. So colostrum is known as the first milk or nature's first food. And it's very important when it comes to repairing leaky gut, reducing inflammation, and also building muscle. So colostrum is far richer in antimicrobial properties, immune-regulating compounds, and growth factors than normal milk is. So it contains concentrations of concentrated low-volume forms of vital nutrients, as well as lymphocytes and antibodies, which help to kind of balance your gut microbiota and also enhance the growth of and repair of several tissue types. Colostrum also contains proline-rich polypeptides, which are important for immune system regulators that encourage the growth of white blood cells and also may restore balance in cellular immune functions. So those are all the importance of taking colostrum. If you have a leaky gut, if you have irritable bowel syndrome or IBD, uh, you'll definitely benefit from taking colostrum, which helps kind of uh, your your gut lining and also keep, you know, it helps you with your gut lining and also balancing of your gut microbiota. So if you're not familiar with um, all this stuff I talked about, I know it's very complicated, but um, you can definitely take a deeper dive into all these topics I just talked about. Kind of like this book, I'm going through just bullet points. Um, Again, there's so much in this book and it's a lot of detail. So I'm sorry if it's a little confusing. Um, But I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast here. And I'll do a part two next week to finish off his longevity decoded chapter. So thank you for listening. I hope you learned something. I know a lot of this stuff is advanced. Um, But if you just read more about the topics I explained, I'm sure you'll understand it a lot better. So thank you for listening, and I hope you tune in next week for part two of Boundless by Ben Greenfield.